This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Total Saints podcast. This is our little weekly get-together where we discuss the last seven days following Southampton Football Club. We're live streaming our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you uh, subscribe to the channel to be the first to see our new videos. As always, a massive thank you to our TSP patrons who make all of this possible. You can visit patreon.com forward slash Total Saints podcast to find out more about getting involved. And thanks to our sponsors this week, Pundit Games. Pundit is a new card-based football trivia game that you can play anywhere. You can play as a group or just in a pair. Rounds last around 45 minutes and there's 900 questions to get through across categories like the 90s Premier League, the Three Lions and the World Cup to name just a few. Pundit are offering TSP listeners and viewers 20% off of their purchase when they use the code SAINTS. Just go to punditgames.co.uk and you'll be able to enter the code as you check out. You'll also find a link to the website and the code in the YouTube and the podcast descriptions. Now, coming up this week on the pod, a point on the road at Old Trafford, but did we deserve more against Manchester United? We're going to look back at the match. A huge game at St Mary's on Wednesday and the chance to climb out of the bottom three. Brentford, the visitors, have been in good form. We'll take a look at that game and it's another home fixture at the weekend. Tottenham are going to be at St Mary's. My name's Martin Stark and I'm joined this week by Steve Grant, who's the owner of Saints Web and Glenda LaCour is the writer of the blog League One Minus 10. Underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 225 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. The Saints earned a decent point at Old Trafford in a cracking 0-0 draw, if there can be such a thing. Um, But it could have been much, much more. Plenty of talking points. Uh, Glenn, going to start with you this week. United were there for the taking today, especially having gone down to to 10 men. Are you disappointed that it wasn't more than a point? Um, Lots of ways of looking at it, isn't there? I feel that if um, this had been earlier on in the season, 
I'd be much more happy with the fact that we got a point at the end of the day. A point at Old Trafford is never is never a bad thing. But having got ourselves into the hole that we have got ourselves into, um, it was a good opportunity to get three. Having said that, the last time we played against 10 men for any length of time against Wolves, we were diabolical and we managed to throw a 1-0 lead in that game and lose. And at least in this game, we we maintained our attacking intent for more or less the whole 95 minutes. So haven't really got too much to complain about with regards to um, the end result. We just lacked a bit of quality in the final third. I think if we'd have had got it together even once, you know, obviously we've hit the woodwork a couple of times with Prowse's free kick and, um, and Walker Peters shot that hit the post. But I only really remember a couple of saves from De Gea, the, the two from Walcott. So we didn't really work the goalkeeper enough. And uh, though you could say Suleimano, Walcott, Adams, they all had decent games. We just we just didn't didn't quite work the keeper. Charlie Alcaraz, I thought was did some good things, and he seemed he seemed to have a bit, bit of a ropey touch today on a number of occasions. Like uh, maybe he wasn't fully fit, and the fact that he only lasted sort of fifty minutes or so maybe uh, maybe suggests that. Mind you, getting his shin stamped on by Casemiro probably didn't help either. So yeah, overall, it we take a point, we take the clean sheet, and and we move on. But it it is a little bit of an opportunity missed. Were you disappointed, Steve, that it wasn't three points at the end there? I mean, same, same as Glenn, really, in that, I mean, sure, we could have had three, but we could easily have ended up with none. Bazunu's made made that cracking save from Fernandes in the second half, where, I mean, the end of the day, let's, let's be honest, six weeks ago, that almost certainly ends up in the back of the net. And, I mean, also that 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 far ago, we, um, we'd have got absolutely hammered in that game. So, yeah, it's, it's a good point. Going to Old Trafford clean sheet against a team that's I mean last last weekend aside has been in excellent form for for a good few months now um they've basically been the the third best team in the league comfortably I mean arg- arguably second given that Man City have been a little bit up and down I think so yeah you, you go go away to them where they've had a really strong home record and you don't let them score um that's that's a positive and it wasn't as if we camped on the edge of our area and just said right we're gonna gonna defend this can you break us down we were um we were always looking to try and get on the front foot which which was which was good to see it wasn't it wasn't like even the substitutions when we made them they weren't while i think i mean people will have their have their opinions on armstrong and mara coming on uh yet again but at least they were they were actually involved in in things this time, and it didn't affect the the kind of team ethos, if you like, of of how we were trying to uh, to kind of play the game. Uh, we were still trying to be quick on the counter attack. We were still trying to press them in certain areas and um, and win the ball quite high up. And actually, I'm, I think Adam Armstrong's quite good um, in a system when you're trying to do that. He's he's got got plenty of energy and he's got that little burst of pace that can surprise defenders at times. But yeah, it's 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 one of those games where. Again, a little bit of little bit of extra quality, maybe slightly better decision making. Some of our crosses when we got into good positions weren't quite where they needed to be. And ultimately, with with the personnel we've got, um, you've got to be pretty precise at the moment. I think, unfortunately, and we weren't quite at it in in that sense. But no, I mean it's it's a point at Old Trafford, and I think realistically, we'd have, I think a lot of a lot of the the reaction I've seen where we've, where people have said, "Oh, we really should have won that." Um, or we needed to win that is kind of a little bit in hindsight only because of Bournemouth's um, Bournemouth's win over an absolutely pathetic Liverpool yesterday. Whereas if Bournemouth, if if Liverpool had gone to gone to Dean Court yesterday and won that game, 
and we then go to Old Trafford and get a point. Everyone says, "Well, that's a bonus," and we've um, mm. and we've we've pulled a point away from them. So yeah, it's it's just it, there's a bit of context to it. But at the end of the day, if we if we go and beat Brentford on Wednesday, um, that's seven points in three games, and all of a sudden everything's looking looking relatively positive again. Things are looking up. I think it's important that we've we've strung together two decent performances because mm-hmm. we, we we've struggled to do that all season. And now the the challenge is to you know to take that on. We've got two home games coming up. You know, if we can win, maybe win one and draw one of those, then suddenly it's it's looking like we we are the sort of team that can put a put a run together. Um, because there's been so many times this season where we we've been like a flatlining patient who suddenly has a little blip and everyone goes, oh yeah, here we go, and then it's boo again back to flatline and uh, you know it, it's. Um, it's all fallen away again. So to, you know, to get two decent results and two games unbeaten, I guess is, um, is decent. So and clean uh, sheets as well. And clean, clean sheets. sheets well. Yeah. We'll get on to, to breaking down the game in, in just a minute. Um, obviously Alfie and Jacob would normally be joining us, but they're currently heading back from Manchester. So I'm pleased to say that one of our patrons, Phil Cook is going to uh, jump on tonight and join us on the pod. Um, hi Phil. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks. After a few technical errors, uh, my side. So apologies for being late. Yeah, no, good. no, it's please, good to have you with us. Please, we're just talking me. about the uh, the result today. We haven't got into the uh, the nuts and bolts of the game yet. But pleased with the point today? Do you think it could have been more? I think it probably should have been more. And you know, to Glenn's point earlier, um, in the hole that we're in at the moment, we can't afford to let these chances slip by. I think, yeah, you know, I echo the frustrations that had we had this team, this manager, this structure in place five, six, seven, eight games ago, I don't think we'd be in the bottom three. And I think we actually probably would be looking further up the table rather than down. But um, yeah, all in all, I think we'd have taken it before the game, but the way things panned out, that's an opportunity missed. I kind of want to break it down um, into the the sort of the defensive performance and then the the attacking performance because that's seven points from Sellers' four games in the league, three clean sheets, I think, um, and from those four too, it seems like Glenn he solved the problem at one end, um, which ironically Nathan Jones was brought in to do and and didn't seem to be able to, but it seems that we can keep a clean sheet now and, and we look a bit better at the back, which is which is good, and there's some positives around that. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was. Um... I was pleased for Bazunu today because he he had a you know he had a game where he, he didn't look I don't think there were any sort of dodgy moments at all whereas even we even when we beat Leicester last week there was a couple of dodgy moments wasn't there but he uh, but today I, I you know I thought he was excellent and uh, whilst he he probably wasn't tested that much you know what he did looked um, looked very competent and that that'll be that'll be good for him because I think we've all been waiting for him to be replaced in the team for probably four, five, six weeks, um, and he does seem to have turned a little bit of a corner. So hopefully, hopefully that's um, that's the way of it. I mean, we, we have to um, we have to talk about our good mate Yanni B, don't we? Because he um, the last four games he's been bad, good, bad, good, and he's strung together two decent games in a row now. He was decent again today. So and he 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 does seem to have. Um, improved his attitude a little bit as well with regards well, stopped to... Moan, stop moaning about everyone around him. Yeah, absolutely. And he seems to be... And Ruben Sellers this week was talking about him as a leader and saying that I very much lean on him and, and, and he's got the experience yeah. that perhaps we were lacking. So kind of picking <laughs> up his part in the squad a bit. Yeah, is he though? <laughs> I'm not, um, not totally uh, sold on, on all of that. But, you know, you can, you don't necessarily have to be a sort of 
chest pumping leader, but yeah, just not being a moany pain in the butt is is a good start. And he's, you know, any anyone can get rid of that apart from Bruno Fernandez, obviously. Um, anyone can get rid of that side of things just just with a, a little bit of thought. And he he maybe maybe the penny's dropped with Bednarek that he can actually help these youngsters that he's got around him. And you know, Bella Kochap, I think has been he's been really good because he just has that that little bit of pace that some you know he's he's probably the I imagine he's the quickest out of our centre halves over mm. over ten yards or whatever. I mean, I personally I still think Bella Kochap and Salisu would be the better pairing. But you know, be, well, whilst Bednarek, if Bednarek can keep stringing these games together, he de- he deserves to stay in the team. And it looked more balanced today having Perot playing as well. That's another thing. I mean, we, we were talking about the crossing earlier on. I mean, the, the best cross of the game was Perot's one, which he clipped in for Walcott's Walcott's header. Now, if we'd have had a, a right-footed player out there like we we have tended to do, that cross wouldn't have come in, and that that could easily have, have have been the winning goal. So, you need those those sort of fine margins. So, I, you know, I, I much prefer seeing a left back, a left-footed player at left back. And um, but the, I mean, the other thing, of course, is the um, we we seem to have set settled now last couple of games anyway on this formation where you have Warprouse and Lavia sitting in front of the 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 two centre backs and. Uh, you know, if you go back to the recent Saints sides that were decent, I know Steve's spoken about this before, would, you know, go back to Wanyama and Schneiderlin having two two players who, who really know what their roles are sitting in front of the um the two centre backs. It it just it just makes things so so much better. And we we seem to be working harder now as well. You know, I know it's Walcott and Suleiman are both both working really hard out of possession. So that's um it, it's all good stuff and it all helps. And uh, and if um yeah, I mean, keep keep the same defence. There's no there's no reason to change it at the moment as long as everyone keeps performing. It looks like Steve Maitland-Niles might have picked up an injury yesterday or a knock in training, which may or may not have been why Perot came in. Um, we don't know whether he was down to start anyway, but did that seem like our, our best back five if you include the goalkeeper today? Does it feel like we now know what we what the benchmark is? Well, they've, they've put two clean sheets together against teams that haven't struggled to score goals this season. So... Yeah, I would, I would say so at the moment. I mean, I, I largely agree with Glenn in that I think Salasu and Bella Kotchap long term might might end up being our best our best two centre backs. But at the moment, Bednarek does have a few years' experience on him. I mean, arguably it's a few years of being of being in a bad back four, but um, we are where we are. But yeah, I mean, I mean, perhaps Maitland Niles, if he's if he's picked up a knock, perhaps that's actually quite timely. Yeah. Um, I mean, as much as much as you don't want players getting injured, and Maitland Niles hasn't been atrocious or any stretch in in that position in the last few games, mm. we just look so we just look so much more balanced when when we've got Perro on on the left and and Walker Peters on the right. And I thought Walker Peters was outstanding today. Yeah, um, really partic- particularly in an attacking sense as well, because just just the energy that he's got. Um, he was still he was still making that run um, in the ninety fourth minute when. Um, uh, when when we're trying to break out and and get away and and he's still got the still got the sort of the uh, the energy in the tank to be able to do that which is which is excellent and it it's something that we've like, a lot of games where we've we've just looked completely lifeless after sort of in the last twenty minutes or so I mean like, arguably last week where we we kind of almost sacrificed any sense of bothering to try and get beyond our own halfway line 
you don't have an outball in in that sense. And actually, today we had we had a number of different outballs because you had, um, I mean, even late in the game, you had um, Adam Armstrong, you had Stu Armstrong, you had Walker Peters, you had uh, Walcott until you were subbed off, and those were all kind of outlets that were giving us kind of pacey options. And United are, are kind of. I mean, they're they're not they're not slow, but they're also not the fastest um, through the middle. Um, at fullback, they've got pace, um, so they're they're quite well covered there. But but through the middle against um, Martinez and Varane, they're both great defenders, but they're not necessarily the quickest, and they can clearly be got at. As I mean, as we showed, sort of fairly fairly regularly, I think today. So yeah, having having that balance, and which also then provides us with the with the sort of balanced sort of wide attacking options as well. Um, I think that's that's just got to be the way forward for the rest, at least for the rest of the season. And it looks also feel like the the midfield seems to be settled too. The three look really well established. I think Alcaraz was a bit of a problem for United. Lavia was running the game at times. Um, the key is going to be keeping those two two fit and making sure they don't get too carried away when they celebrate goals. Yeah, yeah, definitely that. Uh, hopefully they get the chance to all celebrate some goals. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see that. <laughs> yeah, well, it'd be nice to see that part of uh, that part be added to our game as well. It's good to see the defensive structure get better over time. Three clean sheets in four games, can't argue. And I think, you know, to your point, the, the, the midfield three seems settled. And I wonder whether the whole team just feels a bit more settled because as Ruben stated when he first took over it's like having that core of seven eight nine players that will play week in week out and get familiar with each other in a familiar system like that breeds confidence and um i feel like we were just chopping and changing way too much over the course of the season so uh war prowse and, and lavia pick themselves and i think alcaraz has really thrown his hat in the ring to you know to start the next few games in a in a row assuming he stays injury free it's interesting the the debate around the seven or eight players. We would have probably failed to agree um, <laughs> if you go back a couple of months. Uh, certainly at the start of the season, I don't even think that the staff perhaps knew. But um, it does seem a bit more nailed on now, Glenn. The problem again is still going forward. That glorious chance for Theo Walcott today. Yeah. The thing is, and I, and I thought about this afterwards. You wouldn't want anyone else having that chance because if Adams, Che Adams, has that chance. Armstrong has that chance. Mara has that chance. They're all going to fluff their lines. Theo <laughs> the best hope we've got. And and he still put it straight at the keeper. So it's that that's still the problem, isn't it? Um, yeah, that, 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 that we didn't resolve when we did. When well, we should have done. That's been our issue since day one of this of this season. You know, we 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 went into this season with striking options of Adams, Adam Armstrong, and Sekumara. So, and we've you know we've signed Sulemana, who's not at the moment, delivered in terms of goals and assists. He's, you know, some bright play, but there's been not much end product. Um, you've got Sam Adozi, who's the same. Again, look, you know, look bright without actually, um, you know, sticking the ball in the net. And we've signed uh, Tall Paul and we don't seem to know how to use him. You know, I mean, he came on again today. I don't think we put, we didn't put one ball for him to compete for in the air. And he's playing against a five foot nine centre half. So, you know, it, it, it's we haven't really fixed the problems. You know, we've like I say we've signed on Oatu, but he's he doesn't look. I mean, it's a problem with changing manager twice in the season. You know, we've signed a player that was maybe going to fit the way Nathan Jones wanted to play, but that it, it doesn't look like he's going to get a run of games now. So we're 
we're left with what we've got, which is more or less what we started the season with. So we've just got to hope that, you know, maybe Alcaraz fires into life and can get the others around him to, uh, I mean, I think Che Adams will, will score a few if, if he gets presentable opportunities, he's going to miss them. He's going to miss a few because he always does. But Mm. I, I I do feel like he's, he's probably the most reliable out of the players who look like they're going to play between now and the end of the season. But, uh, you know, we, we've just got to keep working at it. And um, I mean, another thing today is that, you know, Prousey had two perfectly presentable free kicks. And normally with the with the sort of record he's got, you'd be expecting one of them to hit the net. And that that's, uh, that's uh, I know, that's that gutted, probably wasn't it? sounds, yeah. I mean, the one that pinged off. to his knees when it pinged off the crossbar. Yeah, one that one that pinged off the bar. But, you know, we, because of the, the way we are with the scarcity of goals we've got, we we do rely on that. And I'm sure he'll be disappointed that he didn't get, uh, you know, didn't get at least one of those on target. And I did feel so, for you, Glenn, when the substitution board went up and it was Armstrong <laughs> and Mara coming on again. Uh, and you you were my, my first thought. I mean, obviously he wasn't listening last week, although they were a little bit later. He did leave it a little bit later this, this week. Yeah, he did, did leave it a little bit later. And as, as Steve said, they, they worked hard, but it's just when either of them have got the ball, I'm just waiting for him to give it away. And there was, there was one, there was one right at the end where we were still flooding players forward. And Adam Armstrong had the ball out on the left and he, he passed it behind whoever Mm. he was aiming at. And suddenly United have got a four on four break or whatever. And it's just like, you've killed us there, mate. You know, it's so, so little quality on the on the pass. And I know he's playing with no confidence, but, you know, come on, there has to be more than that. Just put it in the general direction of some of our players. Uh, just, it, yeah, it, it does my head in, but we, we don't have very many options. But I, I do wonder, you know, Sam Adozi seems to have been consigned to the uh, to B team for the rest of the season. I'd, I'd much rather bring him on on the left wing as the, the last 10 minute option. But, it you know it it is what it is, and Adam Armstrong wasn't the reason that we uh, we only got a point today instead of three. He he you know he comes on and he does the job to the best of his ability. But yeah, I'd like us to have better options than those two. To me, to you, with, with any luck, Steve. <laughs> with any luck, Steve. You know we'll get a couple of wins, and and this should just be one of those debates for the end of the season about the money that we've wasted on signings. But we were crying out for a, a proven goal scorer in January. We signed one, and then against ten men with thirty minutes to go at nil nil, we're crying out for a goal, and and he, he's still on the bench. Just are we going to see a meaningful contribution from him? Do you think between now and the rest of the season? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, we've we've not really seen seen enough of him to know whether whether he's going to be able to, whether he's going to be able to hack it at this level. But we've also, I mean, as Glenn's kind of hinted at, that we've also seen plenty of our other options, and we know that they can't hack it at this <laughs> level. So, kind of, you kind of you kind of left thinking, well, why not just try him? Yeah. I mean, he did. Like, I remember, like the Wolves game, he looked all right. He he kind of bullied their defenders a little bit. He held the ball up. He won lots of flick-ons, and we um we got players around him. And he played he played well at Chelsea as well. Yeah, and so he's he's kind of got something about him. And but this was like saying we've not put the ball into the box for him in the what five ten minutes that he was on the pitch. I think. I said this last last week, we've put like three crosses into him in his entire time with us so far. And he won one header, which um which he almost scored from at, at Stanford Bridge. So it's you've you kind of he's the sort of player you've kind of got to give him a chance eventually, but at the same time we don't see what goes on in training. 
at Staplewood, it might be that he's shanking everything left, right and centre. Um, and Adam Armstrong is showing that he's the deadliest striker in, in the world, although he is com- although he is training against our defence. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those. You kind of take it in, take it in context. Yeah, I mean, you you would you would imagine that Onwachu's got to be given an opportunity at some point. I wouldn't expect that to be Wednesday, to be honest, because I think Ben Mee had him basically had him in his pocket for forty five minutes um, in the re- in the return game at yeah uh, yeah the last month wasn't it? It was only last yeah. month. Yeah. And yeah, I I th- I think that that game is a is a game for um, it's probably a game for Adams and the and playing the wide system that that we've that we've been looking quite useful at the last last few games um obviously if things don't sort of start to turn and don't go particularly well then you've obviously got the option to to mix it up a little bit and and go a bit more direct and mm. he gives us that option but i think i mean when you're when you're in in the situation where you just kind of need something to um to to kind of spark us into life he's got he's kind of got the the very obvious and raw kind of materials to to do that and um yeah it's a surprise he's not played more but um i think spurs game i think that's that's the one where 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 they might target um sticking him in there because their defense looks a little bit a little bit ropey a little bit sort of weak willed i think what did you make of the the signings that came in phil i mean were you expecting more from them did you, did you think that we've, we've signed somebody we paid a, a lot of money for them and actually that solved the goal scoring problem um are you surprised that we're still having these these conversations a couple of weeks on yeah i think so like for me the transfer uh, strategy seemed a bit confused we seem to have signed a right back that no one wanted you know and james Bree. no offense to him sure he's a nice lad but doesn't seem to be up to the standards orsic who knows what's gone on there? You know, I'm not even. Good. I don't doubt we'll see him again this season. Probably lose him in the summer. And then you look at Suleimana looks decent. Like you know, he's got some pace. He's got some tricks. And I think it will take him a bit of time to settle. But happy with his kind of contribution so far. Tall Paul's the the one that's a, a bit of an anomaly because it doesn't seem to fit the style that. Well, it certainly doesn't fit the style that Ruben wants to play now, which is probably why he's not playing. But he actually, from what I've seen of him, he looks like quite a de- decent player, like quite tidy with his yeah. feet, a bit like a creature, Peter Crouch sort. It's that, the height is deceptive, isn't it? it? Is. You just assume they're not going to be so good on the ground. Yeah, and but I also I then you wonder whether the players, given his height, naturally just assume to ping it into his head, and you know maybe that isn't his preference and isn't the best way to play with him. And is that something they're learning and training, or is it just a case of you know needs must at the moment where we stick with tried and tested, albeit not tested and passed like uh, Adams, where at least we know he might take one in three, whereas Tall Paul's a bit of an unknown still. So I think it's a mixed bag. Like it's a it's a confusing set of signings that don't seem to. Yeah, you know, we'll probably lose three or four of them in the summer with a, with a clear out and a tidy up. Yeah, and let's hope we don't lose too much money on them. Um, a yeah. couple of uh, incidents I just want to clear up before we move on. Um, I've noticed, uh, Glenn, do you want to take the red card first of all? I've noticed a lot of Manchester United fans piling in on social media saying there was no way that was a red card. Some um, mm. some broadcasters as well. That support okay, I, I got I got one question for everyone. Where did he connect with his shin? <laughs> up his leg. Exactly. Where so that that's it. I know he, he brushed the ball first and ten years ago they'd have probably said, Oh look, he touched the ball there, it's not a red card. But at the end of the day, he's gone in with a straight leg. He was sort of launching in and 
though he's brushed up, it was kind of similar to the Bruno Gamares one up at Newcastle, where he's kind of got a little tiny bit of the ball, but he's ended up connecting with the player just below the knee. Nothing to see here. Move on. Um, I mean, I saw Ten Hag's interview, which was, was just pathetic, I thought. And, you know, and he was trying to use the defence that Casemiro's played 300 games in Spain or whatever and never been sent off. And now he's been sent off twice. Well, if you stamp on someone's shin and grab someone around the throat, you deserve to get sent off twice. So, mm. you know, put your big boy pants on and, and, and accept it. He's got a four game ban. And, you know, if he learns to stay on his feet and Ten Hag may want to wonder why he was flying into tackles is because he picked Bruno Fernandes next to him. So he had to cover all the space that he was leaving. So I'm I'm sorry, I'm I'm not having it. I'm not having it from any United fans saying it's uh, it wasn't a red card because it clearly was. Move on. Good. Put that one to bed. Um and Steve Ten Hag also in his, his press conference afterwards saying that he felt um the Bella Cotcha handball was clear and obvious and they should have had a penalty. That that's not right either, is it? <laughs> um I mean he's blind if if he's saying that that's clear and obvious. Um, because I don't think even after about two or three replays, I don't think anybody could properly make out whether it even hit his arm. I mean, from one replay, it looks like he's, because he's, I mean, he's obviously slipped over and the ball has possibly hit his thigh and bounced up. In which case, if that, if it's hit his thigh and bounced up onto his arm, that's not a handball by, by the current laws, because it's, I mean, think back to Matty Cash, that ridiculous one that we didn't get because it Mm. bounced off his thigh. Um, Even though he was trying to handball it, um, it didn't, (laughs) it didn't count. Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just absolute nonsense. And I mean, Ten Hag flailing wildly in the in the last week after basically getting completely rattled by um, by Liverpool turning it on and his team collapsing into the sort of horrible mess that that they've been in the last like nine years since Fergie retired has seems to have just made him go absolutely mental in the last week or so. Basically, everyone's been piling praise on him for the way that he's got this rabble. I mean, this expensively assembled rabble, let's remember, into some sort of functioning team that's capable of capable of potentially challenging for a title next season. And all of a sudden, he seems to have just lost the plot after after two, I mean, one terrible result and one, I mean, at the end of the day, you've had a man sent off after half an hour and you've um, and you've not managed to score. Big deal. You, you didn't lose the game. Move on. Well, we'll take the point and we'll move on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And if we can get a win on Wednesday, this point becomes absolutely huge. Phil, it's all set up perfectly for, for Wednesday night win and we're out the bottom three. If that doesn't motivate the players and the crowd, then I don't know what does. That's kiss of death there, Martin, isn't it? We all know, what, we all know what's coming Wednesday. A very meek performance, uh, letting down the home fans. And we'll it's going to be lose. another Leeds United, is it? Yeah, we'll lose 2 0. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it is set up. It is a huge opportunity, and what a confidence boost for everyone if 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 we could win. 
but we've all supported Saints long enough to know that it's not going to be it's not going to happen like that I'm sure it isn't but like, if we can if we can nick a three points by hook or by crook I'll take it I I just don't I don't I think we bottle these or this season we bottled these kind of six pointer games and I know Brentford aren't in that much trouble so they're probably not a six pointer but it's like they're, they're more in line with us or the more in kind of tune with the type of teams we should be competing against and beating if we want to be a, a serious Premier League club. But I, I think we struggled in these games this season. Glenn, let's just talk a bit about their form. They hadn't lost the league game, I don't think, since the World Cup break going into the weekend. Mm. Just our luck, they lost to to Everton. It was it was a strange one. In a way, I was kind of pleased that they lost the game because that's going to knock their confidence potentially. But it was a shame it was Everton and they got the points to to take themselves out the bottom. Yeah, it was a shame that it was Everton that beat them. But, you know, it's like we talked about United getting tanked 7-0 last week. And at the end of the day, I think it showed us that they were human. And, and then I... To a lesser extent, I feel the same about about Brentford. Um, they've had a they've had a decent run where they've not got beat. There's a lot of draws in there. It's about even numbers, I think, wins and draws. So it's not like they've been sort of pumping every team that they've been playing. They've had a very good season. You do wonder if um, if there's going to be a point where the wheels come off a little bit because they've you know they've overachieved. They, I mean, we've had seasons like that before, haven't we? Where we you know, relatively recently where we've been top half going into sort of February and then not won another game <laughs> between uh, then to the end of the season. So so hopefully Brentford have hit a, a little bit of a wall. I mean, we've got to be better than we were when we went up there. That was the Nathan Jones meltdown, best manager mm. in Europe game, wasn't it? When we were pathetic and lost 3-0. You know what you're going to get from Brentford. It's going to be very physical. It's going to be, you know, they're going to play with with pace. They've got pace up top. They've got pace out wide. Ivan Tony is clearly not going to get banned in time for Wednesday. So he's going to be the the major threat. And it's been a very good season. Very likable manager. I've got nothing negative to say about them, really. But I agree with with, with Phil. It's still, regardless of where they are in the league, they're, they're the sort of team that we should be um, we should be trying to beat, especially given the situation that we're um, we're in at the moment. So uh, yeah, so hopefully they've turned one way and we've turned the other way, having stringed a couple of decent results together. And it's all very well saying that we you know we've lost these type of games this season, but we're in the stage now where where we can't afford to. We're running out of these type of games, yeah, we are. aren't we? We yeah. are, and yeah. ultimately going to Man United and getting a point won't mean anything if we get beat by Brentford. So we, we have to go into that game really you know, to play at 100 miles an hour from the start. And if the game stays level for, you know, 70 minutes, we, we really have to be targeting to win it in the last 20 minutes, not just contain what we had against, like we did against Leeds, mm. for example, where we, you know, we, we made the, we made the, <laughs> I'm not going to say it again, Chuckle Brothers substitution. And, you know, we, we spent the last 20 minutes just trying to see out the game and ultimately ended up losing. We can't, we can't do that in this game. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to a decent atmosphere and the, the, the team putting in a shift and uh, hopefully we come out on top. I mean, it was 3-0 uh, at their place last month, Steve, but that seems like a long time ago now. There's a, there's a lot of water and a, a new manager under the bridge and it's going to be a very different game, you'd hope. Feels like a lifetime ago. Um, a I mean, it was it was twenty five thirty degrees outside when I was when I was watch, watching that game. <laughs> it sure as hell isn't isn't that that temperature now. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a lot has happened certainly uh, with us in in that period of time. We're not a sham. We're not the complete shambles that that we were, and and yet, obviously, we're still bottom of the league. So it's it's still a we're still in obviously that that position where everything 
kind of you you can't focus on any game beyond the one that you're looking at. Um, so while I think Spurs is a is an opportunity to kind of get at them, and they're they're a team that are just so flaky, kind of can't even sort of pick a team that's based on kind of doing enough in this game and then potentially resting players who might be more suitable for Saturday or anything like that. I think literally every game from now to the end of the season has got to be you you stick your bet you stick your best best eleven out on the pitch and and have a system that works. Brentford, I think they've kind of laboured a little bit. They um, that game against Fulham on Monday was was an odd game. It was a five a five goal non thriller. Um in that very little happened apart from those five goals. So it was a it was a bit bit of an odd one. They they didn't look quite as sort of intense or or pacey or strong as as they have done in um sort of in other games that I've seen them play this season. Um so perhaps yeah perhaps they're they're just on on one of their sort of natural um sort of troughs of their um of their form and yeah we've only we've got we've got to go and take advantage of it i was looking back through our score predictions um for when the brentford game was originally scheduled which i think was back in september and it was all pretty doom and gloom then we were all predicting that we were (laughs) gonna lose then so i'm gonna ask uh all of you for your score predictions for for wednesday night if you're watching live you can leave yours in the comments i'm gonna wipe the slate clean um, Glenn and Steve, I haven't gone back and copied and pasted your predictions from last time. So, Steve, I'm going to come to you first. Um, your score prediction for Wednesday night, please. Um, yeah, why, why not? 1-0 win. Uh, Glenn, how are you feeling? <laughs> I was going to say the same. Did you say the uh, same? <laughs> yeah, I'll go 1-0 win as well. Uh, Phil, score oh, prediction for Brentford? Well, that was going to be a full house because I think it's uh, the only score that is realistic. I don't, I don't see a score in two. Um, so one nil as well. There is a horrible, horrible stat about us only scoring once in a game, isn't there? Someone mentioned it uh, during the commentary today. Is that we haven't scored two in a game for God knows how long? Well, since Ever- Everton was the last one. I think we'll get the yeah. win. I, I think I, just to mix things up, I think I'm going to go for two one. So if you're watching live, stick your score predictions. Um, it'd be good to. Uh, Good to see what you think there. Then, of course, it's Tottenham, obviously, on Saturday. Always, as you were saying, Steve, earlier, difficult one to predict because with Spurs, you never really know what sort of side's going to turn up. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're weird. When they can be bothered, they are. They're brilliant. But, I mean, that that club seems to be a, seems to be kind of the kind of the crisis club at the moment, despite the fact that they're, um, I think the last time I looked, they're still fourth, aren't they? So, yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those... Don't know what you don't know what you're worried about, lads. Kind of things, and yet from the outside, it's very, very obvious that that's a football club that is a, a bit of a mess behind the scenes. Um, the manager clearly doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, he's out of contract in the summer, and he's he's it's a combination of he's either just going to wind down his contract till the summer, or he's going to come out with the frankly bizarre stuff that he came out about Richarlison in his pre-match. Um, press conference on Thursday, I think it was, where he basically said that Richarlison, yeah, Richarlison wasn't um, slagging off the Spurs season; he was slagging off his own one, and he's right to because he's been rubbish. Um, which I found found was a, a bold, a bold, man, man, bold man management. management technique. Um, but I think Conte's just decided oh, I don't give a toss anymore. Um, he, if if Daniel Levy wants to pay up his contract um, now and he'll go two months early, I think he'd be absolutely delighted to do so. So, yeah, it's. I mean, they they came up came up against Forest um, yesterday, and I mean we've we've seen 
countless times this season, obviously apart from the game at St Mary's, that their defence away from home just can't hack it. Um, they can see goals in clumps and Spurs winning that game wasn't wasn't a particular surprise. Um, they won it quite comfortably. Kane scores loads of goals against us. Son scores loads of goals against us. Richarlison scores loads of goals against us. So yeah, we'll we'll see how that how that goes. But if we can kind of isolate the three of them if they all play together, then I mean the rest the rest of their team is I mean they've spent a lot of money on it, and yet it all just feels a little bit beige. Um, obviously, Fraser Forster will be playing because um, like it's at Mary's, yep. yeah, yeah. Larice is uh, is injured for the foreseeable, but. Yeah, I mean they 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 just seem just feel as if they're they're kind of going through the motions a little bit, which is odd given that they're in they're still in still in the top four and still in in with in with the shout of of getting back in the Champions League next season. I mean, to be honest, I prefer prefer them to be in there than Newcastle squeezing, but obviously not not at the expense of us beating them on Saturday. You kind of know how they're going to set up and play though, Glenn, because I know he's like one of the best managers or well, most well-paid managers in 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 the league but he doesn't really have a plan b does he it's all about the the fullbacks getting forward and, and getting the balls into the boxes yeah and i always get the impression he doesn't really get the most out of the embarrassment of riches he's got at the top end of the pitch mm. um we haven't mentioned kulisevsky yet who's an excellent player um i don't know if he's fit at the moment i know he was struggling a little bit with injury but i went uh i went on a, a spurs podcast first game of the season and obviously went to what i went to uh, the new whatever it's called, stadium, big shiny silver thing at uh, for that game as well. And they were they were excellent and they looked like the sort of team that day, even though we were bad, they looked like the sort of team that day that would seriously challenge. If if not to win the league, you, you sort of really thought they'll be better than they normally are. And and they just haven't been, as, as, um, as Steve has said. It's just like there's always something with Spurs and it, it wouldn't matter what players they had there would always be something you know the old Spursy thing very Spursy yeah. very Spursy they, they, there's always something and it must be hilarious for them that Arsenal are probably going to win the league this year which is uh, which is funny they, they should have had a much better season than what they've had you know I think Conte has got the resources there and I, I he, he doesn't really have any excuses you know I think he's been involved with signing a lot of these players and um, as Steve said they're, they're a kind of a, a a beige team. They signed Basuma, who I assumed was going to play in the centre midfield. He's hardly played, um, and they're you know they're still you know Hoybier has done well for them, and they've they've you know and they're they're bringing in sort of like Oliver Skip and and people like that who are who are okay without without being you know the sort of players you'd expect to play if you're um, pushing for the Champions League places. Defensively, they've got the um, got Romero, who obviously um, won the World Cup with Argentina but he's he seems to he seems to be occupied with his own hard man image most of the time so he's a he's a walking yellow stroke red card every game the the fullbacks Emerson Royal not not fantastic and Perisic is more of a winger so I I do feel there there is opportunity to get at them but equally we could get absolutely ripped apart by the players they've they've got up front if we don't if we don't deal with with basically Kane dropping off of the you know, off of our centre backs and into midfield to uh, to get their play moving. If we don't deal with that, then then we're going to struggle and we will get beat. But if we deal with their front three, then you know I think there's a there's a chance in the game for us. 
I do think it all hinges on how Wednesday night goes for us, to be fair, and who starts. Um, I think three games in a week is quite a big ask, and we've proved that we don't really have the squad depth. I'm going to come to you for some score predictions. Phil, would you like to go first on this as the guest um, <laughs> prediction for the uh, the Spurs game? Yeah, you know, I've taken a bit of stick in the chat, I've noticed as well, for being too negative. So I'm going to say a 2-1 win. 2-1 win. 2-1 win. We'll All win right. 2-1. There's nothing wrong with negativity on here. You're amongst friends. It's all right. Uh, Steve? High-scoring one, I think. Um, okay. Yeah, I think I think they'll... I mean, they've got enough quality up top to to breach us, but then they've also got the ability to be an absolute clown car at the back. So uh, two free, kick, free kicks on the edge of the area, that sort of thing, you think? <laughs> two all, do you say? Yeah. Uh, and Glenn? Um, I'm, I'm going to go for a mad one, and uh, I'll go for a 3-2 win. Yeah, I, I think I think there'll be goals in it. Um, I'm hoping that Fraser Forster doesn't have one of his madness games where he absolutely stops everything. But yeah, I, I feel there there will be chances for us, and I just I just hope they turn up not not giving a rat's too much about, uh, or they just want to get Conte out the door as soon as possible. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of things that could happen between now and, and Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Um, a couple of other bits before we finish. Um, just the ladies' team, a nil-nil at home. I think every every game that you've been following, Steve, this weekend has been nil-nil, hasn't it? Or uh, there's, yeah. there's been a, a real lack of goals around. Um, the ladies' team drawing nil-nil at home to Blackburn this afternoon, but they stay third. And I just wanted to touch on the B team. They got knocked out of the Premier League Cup um, at the quarterfinal stage by Blackburn Rovers. Lost 4-1. That happens. That's okay. Um, I just noticed, Steve, the, the starting lineup there. They had James Bree, Lianco, and, and Orsic. That's got to be a new low for them and, and says quite a bit about our, our squad depth. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think ultimately it doesn't reflect particularly well on, on the senior players, obviously. But also that I mean that B team is is so prone to just runs of games where you have the same group of players available who are in form. Sort of particularly the younger lads like um players like Ballard. I think Ballard's got got a knock, so he he wasn't available for um for that game Friday. But obviously Morgan's gone to Chelsea and him and him and Ballard together were were scoring the goals for that um for that team. And you take take him take those two out out of the side and I mean potentially a couple of injuries and throw in a couple of senior pros who, let's face it, probably aren't playing at 100% in, in a game of that sort of low magnitude. And potentially you come up against Blackburn's B team. Perhaps they've got some uh, some players who are coming back from, from injury and, and have got a point to prove. I always kind of think B, B team results, you, you struggle to draw any real conclusions from. Um, because there's always so many variables and things can change very quickly. Like the week before, we had we had the FA Youth Cup game on the on the Thursday, I think, away at Preston, and then we had a B team game on the Friday and a first team game on the Saturday. I mean that B team that the B team that was named on that fr- for that Friday game. I mean they had absolutely no chance because nobody who's played in the youth t- youth team game is going going to going to play. Nobody who's playing in the first team is ever going to play. Um, so it's kind of all a mishmash of players who kind of know they they they're not playing in important games. So it's it's a difficult one from a from a sort of motivational perspective. And I think um, Dave Horseman's done a really good job to um, in in sort of the previous sort of three or four months to kind of knit any sort of um, team cohesion out out of that group of players. Because yeah, where it's just constantly changing, it's it's diff- difficult to to manage the resources really. I just wonder if you're one of the young players that's been playing in that team, and then the door opens and Lianco walks in. You're just like, oh god, here we go. <laughs> but but um, then, it's, then it's either him or Ollie Lancashire. So yeah, no, that's true. 
Um, I must just mention Matt, who's watching on YouTube. He said, uh, to be fair, Jan Bednarek should score because he's put a few past Fraser in the past. And that's that's quite a good observation. So I think that's a good point to to finish on. Um, Phil, before we wrap it up, just your thoughts for the rest of the season. Is, is there enough games left? Are you, are you confident that we're going to be all right? Well, there's enough games left. Uh, I can't <laughs> despite uh, my <laughs> lack of confidence and positivity. I, I, I think a win Wednesday, getting, we've got to get above the line. You know, above and and have that confidence and that feeling. I think the longer we stay mired in the bottom three, the harder and harder it gets. I mean, I know that's a, an obvious statement, but just from a psychological perspective, to get out of the zone on Wednesday, I think would really uh, that would really put a you know put a, a kind of a, a good spin on things going into the last few games. I saw a graphic of someone who put together the run in for like the last six or seven or for the bottom six or seven teams and all of the, and kind of color coded it as to who's got the hardest run in. It looked like we've got a pretty tough run in, but as we've seen with the results the last few weeks, anyone can beat anyone. So enough games, but I can't say I'm overly positive. <laughs> well, and on that note, that's pretty much it for this week. Cheers, Phil. Thanks for joining us. It's much appreciated. Uh, don't forget you can follow Total Saints Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On the socials, it's at Total Saints Pod. Our website is totalsaints.co.uk. There's a link on there to our online shop. And you can drop us an email as well if you want to get in touch. During the week, we're also on Patreon. That's where you can find out more about supporting the podcast with a monthly contribution. It's patreon.com forward slash Total Saints Podcast. The different tiers on there range from £5 to £20 per month and each of the tiers comes with different benefits including the weekly shout outs at the end of the podcast for those patrons in our Francis Benali and our Mick Shannon tier so thanks to Dave Melton, Mark Atkins, Matt Hall and Andy Hollis in the Francis Benali tier and also Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil who's been with us tonight, uh, Matt Rose and Nick Reed, who are in our Mick Shannon tier. Thank you Steve, thank you Glenn, cheers again to Phil, thank you for listening, thank you for watching, have a great week and we'll see you next weekend. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.